This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> welcome everyone. So uh, once we change things up this week, well, we have the shir on a Thursday night instead of Wednesday night. So once we're at it, we're going to change up the topic as well. If you remember, uh, Shavuos night, we spoke about the Titanic. So here we spoke about it, it was a two-hour subject, actually on, online... We did 10 parts so far. We did 10 parts on the Titanic. So this is going to be what's called Titanic Part 11. And even if you miss the first 10 parts, it doesn't matter. We'll fill you in what you need to know. We'll give you the uh, executive summary coming up. So we have over here a very unfortunate uh, situation. A famous tshuva, a famous uh, shayla that was addressed to one of the Poiske Hadar. And uh, the Gadol Hadar of the uh, Sephardic world, Maran, Rabbi Yosef, Zenosanak Levracha. And uh, this tshuva appears in the 10th volume. And the fact that it appears in the 10th volume, uh, that shows that this is a question Rabbi dealt with sort of at the end of his life. You know, at the, uh, one of the later tshuvas that he wrote. Baruch Hashem, we have uh, in our shul the full uh, edition of the new uh, Yabi Oimer. I remember there was a time where I couldn't even get the Yabi Oimer. It was out of print. I had a Yechavadas, I couldn't get the Yabi Oimer. So now they have a beautiful new print of the Yabi Oimer. And this uh, Shiloh was uh, raised in Kislev, Tuf Shin, Samach Beis, 2002. 2002, here's the question. Rebavadya says, I was asked by the Goinim in Arzois Habris. If you weren't aware, you live in Arzois Habris, that's America. Biguna Ditsa, there's a woman, Nebuch, who was uh, chained down. She's an Aguna. Why? Her name was Dalfin Saada a Sephardic woman, and she appeared before the Bezdin on a Sunday, Dalit Cheshven, 2002. And she told the following story. Her husband, Eliyahu Sa'ada, he worked in the uh, Migdal Hatumim. You know what that is? Yeah, Twin Towers, World Trade Center. On floor 104, the Northern Tower, he worked in a company called Cantor Fitzgerald. I'm sure uh, many are familiar with that. So Cantor Fitzgerald occupied floors 101 until 105. Five floors, right? Advanced mathematics, 101 to 105. I asked 100 people, everybody says four floors, but if you think about it very deeply, you'll, be my, you'll see it's five, five floors. Okay, now by the way, anybody who showed up to work on that day, and they had about 650 employer, um, employees, they're all missing by the end of the day. Nobody survived. Nobody made it through. Okay, so it was on a Tuesday. I'm sure uh, everybody here remembers where they were on that day. I remember I was in uh, Yeshiva. I was in Yeshiva Tvaras Yisrael at the time. I was uh, an older uh, Beis Medrash Bachar. I remember it was a little bit after uh, 8.30. And I remember everybody was talking about it. To the point where at the Yeshiva, we were getting pieces of paper flying you know, burned pieces of paper came to the Shiva. Anyway, it was Tuesday, 23rd day of Elul, September 11th, 2001. And uh, it would seem whoever was there perished in a terrible fire. Okay, so here's the story. There are a lot of uh, variables you need to know about. Mehechi Tesi, the guy's there. You know, you did, did the guy really go to work? Do men really go to work when they tell their wives they're going to work? You know, some do and uh, not everybody goes to work. And even the people, they say, I'm going to work at 9 o'clock. Could be they don't really have a real job. You know, they start at, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, leave 2. 
Who knows if they really got there? But here's the story. The story is that uh, the husband wakes up the wife at 8.20. Okay, nice husband. He uh, lets the wife sleep till 8.20. He wakes her up at 8.20. And the first plane hits at 8.46. She hears it on the news immediately. She calls her husband 8.46. There's no response. There's no answer. 8.52, he calls her back. He said, look, you know, we're evacuating the building. I'm trying to get out of here. And that was the last time he heard, she heard from her husband. Now, we have evidence, we have a record of the phone call. The uh, company, they called up uh, Verizon, or if Verizon, what was it back then? M, what are the three letters? M, uh, MCI, what is it called? No, no, this is 2001, yeah. Okay, so they had a record of the phone call. And uh, the, the record of the phone call matches up the woman's account in the bezin. In other words, what the woman is telling us, that the husband called at 8.20 and the husband called again at 8.52, we have an exact record that, in fact, the husband called at those times. Fine. So that's one proof the husband was there. We have a record of the phone call that he called from his office. Another proof. And that is, we, we uh, searched, and we got a hold of the fact that this guy received an email... At 8.17. Now, we could tell on what type of computer you get an email from. You know, just because uh, somebody said that the woman says, uh, uh, just because there's a record that a guy got an email, he could have gotten an email on his uh, mobile device. How do we know it's from his work, f- work computer? No, we have a record that the work computer got an email at 8.17. Yeah, but it doesn't mean he's there. We also have a record he responded at 8.21. Now, in my mind, that's not a Raya Brura. He was there at 8.46, but that means he made it to work that day. He wasn't uh, fooling around that day. Fine. And we have a record. It, came from, uh, it was addressed to his work computer, and response came from his work computer. That's the first story. Now, one major issue in Hilchas Aguna is if we're going to rely on evidence, which is not 100%, we need to know that the Shalom bias between the husband and wife was rock solid. Because if there's any suspicion that maybe they, they weren't getting along, then we could always, uh, there's always the possibility that whenever disaster comes, the husband says, well, you know, this is what I've been waiting for. I always wanted the out. And now that, now that they think I'm dead, he's going to run away and uh, go off somewhere else. So on uh, Rabbi Vadi writes, on a Tuesday, Chavzayin Cheshvan, again, about a year later, 2002, the woman appeared again in Bezdin, together with her in-laws, and everybody said they got along well, there was Shalom Bayis, and uh, everything was uh, Shalom Al Yisrael. Now, why did the question come to Ravadia? She was Sephardic, and she was mocked that Ravadia handled the Shaila. Now, I read recently, and I have no idea if it's true, uh, I cannot verify this, that Ravadia, through his career, was Mater 9,000 Agunais, and never did the husband come back. That's a pretty good record. You know, that's getting you in the Hall of Fame. You know, 9,000 and oh, that's pretty good. You mean, what do the in-laws got to do with it? No, not At least the woman came. The woman said. You're right. You know, nobody knows. You're right. That's the truth. Nobody really knows. But I mean, she would know. She says, again, she, she shouldn't have nemanas because she's trying to get married. So she's going to want to say they had shalom bayis. But... I mean, this is, you know, who else would know? It beats the alternative. There's no, there's no better Eitzah. Again, this is just a suspicion. So, 
yes, you don't need mamish edus, but we need to have some level of verification that you know things were somewhat b'shalom. Okay, then um, Rabbi Vadya got a hold of the architect of the World Trade Center, and the architect said like this: the plane hit which number floor? Ninety second floor, supposedly. Ninety second floor. So the architect said that it is impossible that anybody above the 92nd floor survived. First of all, the fire was one of the most powerful fires in the history of the world. You know, other than the atom bomb, Ravadia says, this is one of the most nuclear fires that the world ever saw. Well, yeah, we'll see. Number two, even without the fire, said Ravadia, probably in all likelihood they didn't die from the fire. The heat generated from that fire would have disintegrated anybody in the vicinity. So, Siddhavadya, aside from the fire, the heat of the fire would have killed anybody. Plus, the smoke was so thick, nobody could see, uh, nobody could feel their way around, nobody could see how to get out. And besides that, says Ravavadya, um, the jolt of the plane and the vibrations and the impact, every door was shaken so much that the lock and the hinges would not allow any door to be opened up. And most people were not able to get out of any room that they uh, happened to be in. So, um, in fact, there are many people called uh, from the phone and they said, we can't get out, we can't get out. So that's the shayla. The shayla is, can this woman get remarried? Again, the evidence is, there was a telephone call. We know he was there. At least we have some level of evidence that he was there. In all likelihood, he's above the 92nd floor. He ain't getting out. So let me just review for you the sugya that we learned the Shavuos night. We'll just review it in two minutes. And this is really the foundation of Hilchos Aguna. The Gemara in Yavam is daf kuf chaf alef amen alef, daf kuf chaf alef amen beis. The Gemara says like this, that if Edim or even an Edechad sees somebody fall into mayim sheyesh lohem soif, finite waters, and they see the guy fall in, and a half hour passes, he doesn't come out. And if he would have come out, the guy would see, because he's able to monitor the entire coastline. So even though Reb Meir Shita is that she cannot remarry, because Reb Meir is, is, is uh, concerned for the miraculous, maybe, who knows, maybe there's an underground U-boat that took the guy and took him to, uh, to Planet X, and that's where he's hanging out. But we paskin like the Chachamim, that we're not choshesh for something which is not shchiach, and we paskin, if you have an Edechot watching Mayim Sheyesh Lohem Soif, the woman is allowed to get married l'charchila. However, says the Gemara, Mayim she'en lohem soif, if a guy falls into endless waters, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, a lake that you cannot physically monitor the entire coastline, and you saw him fall in, and you're watching, and you didn't see him come up, and nobody knows where he is, the woman is never, ever, ever allowed to remarry. Why? Maybe an underground current took him to the other side. Maybe he, he fell into an air pocket. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We paskin mayim she'en lohem. Soif loy tinase. She's not allowed to remember. But what she's going to do? What's she going to do? The answer is a very unfortunate situation. But the Gemara is, uh, says a woman whose husband falls into mayim she'en lohem. Soif, she cannot remarry. But if she does remarry the Isser, she does not have to get divorced. What do we see from here? that the reason why she's not to get married, it's only a chshash de Rabbanon. If it would have been a chshash de Raisa, then if she would have gotten remarried, she would have had to get divorced. The fact that the halacha is, that if she gets remarried, she doesn't have to get divorced, that means it's only a chshash de Rabbanon. Okay. Got that? Let me tell you over a toysis, and then we're ready to roll. 
says the Gemara, Maravashi, that if the guy who drowned was a rabbi, and he's a famous rabbi, and everybody knows who he is, then the woman could get married. Why? Because if he would have survived, and he's now in Chves, you know, he's in uh, the Fiji Islands somewhere, he's in Hawaii, he's in uh, Alaska, we would, we would have heard about it, because the husband's a famous guy. So Ravashi says, if the husband is a famous guy, then she's allowed to remarry L'Charchila. Presumably, the logic is, you have two rives. Rive number one is most people who drown die. And even if you're from the Miyot, who when they drown doesn't die, if you're still alive, we would have heard about it. And the fact that we didn't hear about it means the guy must be dead. So Rav Ashi says you could rely on two rives. And then the Gemara says, no, we paskin, even Surba Mirabanan, the woman cannot remarry. And Toysus, I think you have it on your sheet, number seven, asks, why do we paskin that if the guy is a rabbi, she cannot remarry? Must be, says Toysus, it is so chamor, Eishasus is so chamor, that even when you have two rives, you cannot rely on two rives. Even though most people who fall in endless water drown, and most rabbis, if they're still alive, we would hear about it, she still can't remarry, says Toysus Zaraya from here, that by Aguna, you cannot rely on two rives. Again, you hear what the two rives are? Rive number one is most people who drown die. Rive number two is most rabbis, if they survive, will hear about it. There's no, there are no like uh, anonymous rabbis, you know, floating around in, uh, in who knows where, South America. If they, somebody makes it out, if he's a, a regular person, and he's not a well-known person, so maybe he's alive and we don't know about it. But if he's a well-known personality and they survived, we would have found out about it. And yet, Toysa says she still can't get married. Is Araya by Hilchas Aguna, you can't rely on two rives. And as we're going to see in the Shir, we don't paskin that way. We paskin that by Hilchas Aguna, we do rely on two rives. And that is the central Yesoid in Halacha of Hilchas Aguna, that we do rely on two rives for Aguna. I Toysvis, this is the central lambdus of all She'elois Aguna. Aguna is probably the most vast subject in Ebn Ezer. Simen Yudzayin is endless. Simen Yudzayin in Ebn Ezer, Hilchas Aguna is very, very vast. And the central issue really is, Toysvis seems to say we don't rely on two rives, and yet all the Poiskim are Soimech on two rives. Okay, so with that, let's begin. Let's talk about the World Trade Center. Now, World Trade Center has nothing to do with water. It's fire. So what's the halach about fire? So the Gemara Yavam, let's look at number two. The Gemara says like this, If you see a guy, and uh, he's uh, walking down the street, and there's a pit in the ground, and there's a big fire, and you saw him fall in, and you don't see him come out. You could go to his wife and say, Shprinsala, he's gone. He's gone. And she could remarry. And that's how he passed in Shulchan Aruch. And Simon Yudzayin, Siflamid, look at number three, Nafalatach Kivshana Eish, she's allowed to remarry. So Ravadya says, look, the fire generated in the World Trade Center, there is never a fire of that magnitude in the history of the world, possibly. First of all, he says, you know, the planes, whoever... As crazy as these terrorists were, terrorists were, the plan was so ingenious and so brilliant, it's, it's, it's very difficult to understand how people could invest 
so much planning and so much preparation and such chachma to carry out such a terrible uh, plot. There were 50 tons of fuel in the, in the plane. That's 100,000 pounds of fuel. And it hit, it hit with you know, tremendous speed, very high impact. It says, Ravadya, was there ever a fire like this in history? This is a classic case. And number two, says Ravadya, forget the fire, the avalanche, the rubble, the crash, the collapse of the building. Did anyone ever survive a uh, collapse of a building like that? Unfortunately, people don't survive a collapse of a two- or three-story building. To have a building 100 stories high collapse from the impact of a plane, there's no way anybody uh, survives such a thing. Says Ravadya, we paskin if someone falls into a furnace, you could testify that they died. Now it's very interesting, because Toysvis in Yavamis quotes Yishami. The Yishami says, and the Yishami argues on the halacha, Yishami says, if you see a guy fall into a furnace, you cannot testify that they died. Why? Maybe the Yerubam Shah made a miracle, like for Hananiah, Mishal, Azariah. Now, it's interesting. That's what the Yishami says. Then the Yishami says, if you see somebody fall into a lion's den, you cannot testify that they died, because maybe Hashem made a miracle like He did for Daniel. Now, the Bavli says, if you see someone fall into a lion's den, you cannot testify that they died. If you see someone fall into a fire, you could testify that they died. So, says Rav Avadya, the difference is like this. A lion's den, the Bavli holds, that it could be the lions weren't hungry. You know, it could be they just went out to Carlos and Gabby's and they were pretty full. And um, they took portions a couple of times. And uh, they, they were good for the, you know, till the next meal. So lions weren't hungry. But the fire, but the fire, so the Gemara says you could testify that they died because the Bavli holds, Ein maskirin masanisim. You don't, you don't, have to imagine or suspect a miracle happened. Miracles happen, but the halacha does not take it into account. The Yushalmi holds, eh, we're choshesh, maybe a miracle happened. But the Bavli and the halacha, paskin, that if you see someone fall into a kibshana ish, you could testify that they died. And therefore, says Ravadia, that's the halacha. Why would the, uh, why would the Twin Towers not be a kibshana ish? Elamai, there's an interesting uh, shita of the Rajma. The Rajva says that when the Gemara says, if you see a guy fall into a, a, um, a furnace, you could testify that they died. That's only if the furnace is deep, because the guy had no way to climb out. But if you see you know, a guy fall into a chasvashama campfire, you can't testify that they died, unless you see them dead. Why? Maybe they ran out. Says Ravavadya, so you, but you tell me, the World Trade Center, is that like a kivshana ish in a pit? Or is that like a campfire? It ain't, it ain't no campfire. There's nowhere to go. You know, whoever jumped out, nobody, nobody survived the, uh, the fall, the impact. And I'm not familiar that they gave a blanket header. I know... Um, We're gonna hear. We're gonna hear some stories. Um, not every heter aguna had a happy ending. Um, 
one of the one of the great poskim algunas after the Holocaust was my grandfather in Europe had smicha from Rav Shlomo David Kahana, the Rav of Warsaw. He later became the Rav Yisholayim. He became the Aviho Agunos. He was matter many many Agunos. But there had to be evidence, not just a guy was in Auschwitz. People had to see them go into the crematorium, into the gas chambers. Okay, so this is Rav Avadia's argument. Says Rav Avadia, a very important idea. And the idea is that what's the reason why that if a, a person falls into Mayim She'en Lohem Saif, if she marries, she could stay married. L'chayra, it's a suffix whether the husband's alive or not. And she's becheskas eishasish, so the chazaka should paskin that she's married. And if she go ahead and marry someone else, she would have to get divorced. Why doesn't cheskas eishasish say that a woman who marries when the husband falls into Mayim Shein Lam why doesn't chazaka paskin she has to get divorced? So, so Rav Avadya says that there's another chazaka that we have to deal with here. And that is, Toysus brings down that against the Cheskas Eishas is something called Chazaka Isha Daiko Uminsaba. Which means that the Chachamim allow a woman to get remarried even with one aid, one witness. Now typically, Ein Davar Mishnayim, you need two aidim when you're dealing with uh, marriage laws. But when it comes to a woman remarrying, the Chachamim are mekel, that an aid Echad could allow a woman to remarry, because together with the Eidos or the Eid Echad, you have a Chazaka called Chazaka Isha Daiko Mitzvah. Meaning, that since this woman knows that if the husband comes back, she's in hot water. So she's going to make sure that the Eidos of the Eid is very rock solid. And that strengthens the Eidos of the Eid and allows her to marry the Eid Echad. So Ravadia says that whenever you're dealing with an Aguna, there's a certain leniency that we're allowed to give her based on the fact that she's scared out of her mind just to remarry. She knows that if the husband comes up, it's going to be bad news. That's called Chazaka Isha Daika Uminsaba. That a woman is going to check very well before she remarries. So says Ravadia, in the case of the World Trade Center, number one, who ex- nobody survives the explosion. Nobody survives the crash, the avalanche, the collapse of the building. And the two of them together... L'chayra, it's two rives. Says Ravadia, there's another rive we're dealing with here. As soon as the plane hit, so the government sent out, uh, made an official investigation, official search, and they, they removed all the debris, and they searched for every last body, and if anybody would be alive, we would have found them. And if we didn't find them, that means they, uh, they disintegrated, they... They disappeared from the heat, from the fire. In other words, that's another rive that we're dealing with. That if the person's alive, why didn't the search parties find them? That's another issue, says Ravadya, that we have to deal with. Why do we need more than one rive? Because for sure one rive you can't rely on by Yaguna. As we see by Maim She'en Lahem Saif, that if somebody falls into endless waters... Now, only a mirror survive... Uh, somebody falls into the Atlantic Ocean. Only a mirror people would survive falling into the Atlantic Ocean. But even so, the halacha is a woman cannot remarry. So you see that we don't, we don't rely on rive when it comes to... Oh, so you want to know why is two rives better? What would the lambdas be? L'chara, the lambdas would be svexveka. Yes. Two rives would be svexveka. Even more? Everybody? Okay, so that's also another good point. We're going to come to that. 
because the Chumash Hadashin says, with technology, now the Chumash Hadashin, we're talking 800 years ago, he says, nowadays with the advances of technology, you know, who knows, what, what did they have 800 years ago? The technology was they had a cup with a string at the end and they could go, you know, a few blocks down. Anybody want, you know, that was the technology they had in the Chumash Hadashin, right? That with technology that we have today, everybody has a din of uh, Adam Chashuv and we would find out about anybody. But again, here's the problem. The problem that we have to deal with is, Toysvis says that by Aguna we don't rely on two rives. That even in Adam Chashev, the wife cannot remarry, despite the fact that most people fall in the water or drown, and despite the fact that most famous people we would find out about it, Toysvis says we don't rely on two rives. However, says Rav Avadya, almost all the Poyskim, or many Achroinim say, you can be Soymech on two rives by Aguna. Most notably, says Rav Avadya, Reb Chaim Let me tell you the story. There's a tshuva, and I could not get a hold of the sefer. I don't know where the sefer is. It's not on It's not on Hebrew books. So usually people hear that they uh, they get they get cracking trying to find the sefer. The name of the sefer is Kehilas Yaakov of Karlin. Okay, so he tells the story like this. He remembers he was a bachar. In the house of Marenu, this is number six, about two thirds of the way down. In the house of Marenu, Verabenu, Hagoin, Rebchayim, Here's the story. A guy fell off the bridge and he fell into the ice. And uh, from the ice, he fell into the water and he's gone. We have no idea where he is. Okay, it can happen. Nebuch. Guy was walking on the bridge, he tripped, he fell off the bridge onto the ice. And from the ice, he went down under, and that was the end of him. And the Shiloh was, the woman came to Reb Chaim can his wife, uh, can she remarry? And Reb Chaim Paskin, yes. Why? Two robes. Most people who fall from a bridge and hit the ice, they die on impact. And even those who don't die, if they go under and they go into the water, they don't survive. Says Reb Chaim Velazhenor, it is ungenomen uh, that you could be soymech on two robes when it comes to aguna. It says Ravadia. So we see Reb Chaim Velazhenor Paskins. You could be Samech on two rives by Aguna. It says Reb Avadia, number eight. But what about Toisus? As we said, Toisus says that even Sorba Mirabanan. Again, the Lashon of the Gemara in Yavamis is that Ravashi wanted to say it's Sorba Mirabanan. We would have heard about it, and therefore the wife could remarry. And the Gemara concludes Veloihi. Even the wife of the Sorba Mirabanan cannot remarry. And Toisus says because we're not Samech on two rives. So the Psaka of Rav Chaim Velazhenor is against Toysus. Toysus says you can't be Samech on two rives. And based on Toysus, the Yeshua Siakov, and the Beis Shloimoi, and the Nois Dash, and the Pesachit Shuvah, and the Chazoi Nish say, you cannot be Samech on two rives when it comes to Aguna. So says Rav Avadya, if I'm going to be Samech on Rav Chaim Velazhenor, I'm going to be Samech on but he's against Toysus. How do you reconcile the Psaka of Chaim Elazhenor with a Toysus and Shas that says you can't be Samech on two rides. So this is the central issue of Lamdus in Hilchas Aguna. Let me tell you a very interesting Swara. Rav doesn't quote it. He quoted a certain Sefer. And I went through at least that Shuva. He says a very interesting Swara. Listen to this one. This is from the Sefer um, Dvarim Achadim of Rav Yol Klatskin. He says a very interesting thing. He says the fact that by you can't allow the wife to remarry. Doesn't that show we're not Samech on two rives? One rive is most people drown, and the other rive is most rabbis, if they were alive, we'll find out about it. 
says Rabbi Yol Klask in Go'inus de Kesvara, he says, no, by a rabbi you don't have two rives. Maybe most big rabbis, if they're alive, you would know about it. But you don't have the rive that most people who fall into the water drown. Why? Because if the guy's in a real Talmud Chacham, he'll have tremendous chusim. They have tremendous chusim. Most people who have tremendous chusim don't drown. So if you're going to deal, the Gemara wanted to say that if it's a term rabbon and you have two rives because you have an additional rive, what? That if he's a famous person, he would have heard about it. But says Rabbi Leo Kaskin, why do we not hold like that svara? Because that ruined the other rive. Because if he's taka or tamad chacham, then he would have a lot of zechusim, and it could be he wouldn't drown. Now it's not another rive. It's a very interesting type of svara. But Rabbi Vadya says, I'm going to tell you a lamdas. And this is the lamdas of Rabbi Yitzhak Kachanan in a number of tshuvas. And um, Rabbi Yitzhak Kachanan says like this, it's not going to help us yet, but listen to the svara. We had it, we are learning Daf HaShavu and Masech and I think Daf Gimel and Beis. So Yossi wanted to know, what's two rives? You know, if a rive is 90%, what's two rives? 95%? What's in Daf Gimel? 90%, 95%. L'chaira, the Svara is, that two rives makes Svek Sveka. Most people who fell into the water, they drown. And even if the guy didn't drown, he probably died by now, otherwise we would know where he is. Wait a second. There's a law that the Ramah says by Svek Sveka in Yaradeh, Simen Kof Yud, that if you want to make a Svek Sveka, both Svekas have to be simultaneous. But if one Svek comes now, and then the second Svek is developed at a later time, you don't say Svek Sveka. For example, if you're Mesupik, whether a piece of meat was shechted or not, and then that meat later got mixed into nine other pieces of meat, you can't take out one meat and say, well, uh, Mestamah is a kosher meat because 9 out of 10 are kosher. No. You don't say Svek Sveka on a Suffolk in Beguf and then a Suffolk B'Tarubais. You know why? Because at the time you're Mesopic, is this meat kosher or treif? Chazaka, Paskins, that it's treif. Mamela, then later when it falls into the Taruvais, it's a treif piece of meat. It's only one Raif. It's only one Suffolk. The Ramah Paskins, number 10, that in the laws of Svek Sveka, you do not allow the use of a sveksveka if the sveksveka develops at two different intervals. By the same token, says Rabbi Yitzhak the reason why Toysa says that by Yitzhak Mirabanan you cannot allow the woman to remarry is because the two roives are happening at two different times. The first rive is most people who fall into the water die. Oh, but if the guy's still alive, then by now, a year later, we would have heard about it. Yeah, but that suffix developed a year later. You can't... So, but regarding the first suffix, we already paskin, the guy's alive and she can't remarry. How are you going to... So, so, yeah, but if he's still alive, then we would have heard about it. That's only one rife. Says Ravadya, if you're going to apply Rabbi Yitzhak Svara here, it would kill the two rives by the World Trade Center also. Because even if one rive is the fire and the other rive is the avalanche, it's still not the exact same time. So now the question is, how do, you, how do you define what's the same time? Like how much, how simultaneous does it have to be? But Rav Avadya says, simultaneous is simultaneous. And based on the Svar of Yitzhak Al-Khanan, he would say that you can't be Samech on the two rives by the uh, World Trade Center. On the other hand, Rav Klatskin argues on Rav Yitzhak Al-Khanan, 
And he says, that's not the reason. Rabbiel Kotzkin says, the reason why Toysvah says that by Yitzurim Rabbanon you don't rely on two rives is not because they're not simultaneous. It's because at the time that we don't know what happened to uh, the husband, at that point in time, excuse me, so Rabbiel Kotzkin, the Ramah, who says we don't rely on, on uh, Svexveka if it's not simultaneous, that has nothing to do with uh, two rives. In the case of Svexveka, the Chazak already passed on the first Suffolk before the second Suffolk ever came to be. But in the case of the woman and her husband, she's coming into front of Bezin right now. If she comes in front of Bezin a year later, at this point in time, the issue that we're dealing with is two sveikais, and as far as we're concerned, they're both happening right now. Let me tell you something else over here to explain um, why Tysus is not a contradiction to relying on two rives by Aguna. Listen very carefully. And the truth is, this is, um, this is an idea that the Truma Sadashan says, and the Tzemach Tzedek, and many, many Achroinim. In fact, Rabbi Yitzhak Al-Khanan himself says this far. Listen carefully. Says Rabbi Yitzhak Al-Khanan. Let's think about what Taisa says. Taisa says that even at Surah Mirabanan, we can't allow the woman to remarry. Why? Because uh, we don't rely on two rives. No, no, no. Says Rabbi Yitzhak that's not why we can't allow the woman to remarry. You know why we can't allow the woman to remarry? Because you have one rive. That most people who drown die. Aye, but you have another rive. Most rabbis, if they're alive, we would find out about it. So what are, what are you going to do now? Imagine if you have two people on the boat. One guy's a rabbi, and one guy's a regular guy. By the way, I don't think it means a rabbi, as opposed to... It means a well-known person, as opposed to, you know, a fa- It depends how... Okay. So now what are you going to say? The guy who's famous, the wife could remarry, and the guy who is sitting next to him on the boat, he can't? So you're making a laughing stock out of halacha. There's a cloud. You can't have like these loopholes in the halacha. Him is the halacha is this way. Him halacha. Oh, he knows a hundred blood. So his wife, so he's dead. He only knew 92 blood. So he's alive. You're, you're going to be making you're going to be making different set of halachas for different people. We don't like to do that. There's a cloud in halacha called loy plug. It's not the pshat that Toysus holds. We don't rely on two rives. Avada, we rely on two rives. Elamai, why is Surma Rabbanan different? Because you, you have to say loy plug. You can't say, for him the Allah is what, for him the Allah is asr. Says the Khan, the pshat in Toysus is not that Toysus is not Surma two rives. It's that you can't make differentiations between different people. But in the case of the World Trade Center, you have two rives for anybody who was there. There was a fire for everybody. There was an avalanche for everybody. So everybody could be Samech on two rives. No, that's not Nosad Rach Lashim. He wasn't in the Kibshana Eish. He wasn't in the avalanche. Anyone who is under those circumstances, they have a heter of two rives. And then Rav Avadya uses one of his famous tricks. If you're familiar with Rav Avadya's Svarim, you get a lot of Hanoi out of this. Listen to this. First of all, says Rav Avadya, we don't hold like the Ramah. The Ramah says you don't use Svek Sveka unless the two Svekos are simultaneous. First of all, the Gra argues on the Ramah. And the Gra says you could use Svek Sveka even if the two Svekos are one after another. 
And the Ben Eshchai also brings rayas that the Mechaber argues on the Ramah in general that you are Samechan to Sveikos even if they're not simultaneous. And says Ravadia the following trick. Do you remember back from Yeshiva days, Shev Shmaitza? Aleph Aleph, the first Shev Shmaitza. Everybody cracked that open, you know, in their time. Uh, you learned the little Shmaitza, Aleph Aleph. Safek Doiraisa, fill in the blank. Safek Doiraisa. Okay, that everybody knows. Sofik Dairaisa Lechumra Medairaisa or Medrabanan? The din, that if you're Mesupik on a Dairaisa, that you're Machmer, is that a din Dairaisa or is that a din Dairabanan? Shitas Harambam Sofik Dairaisa Lechumra is only Medrabanan. Okay, but you have to be Machmer. Ha ha. Says Ravadya, if Suffolk Dairaisa Lechumra is only Midrabanon, then if you could throw another Suffolk into it, then it becomes a Suffolk Dairabanon and it's Mutter. But Toysa says you don't follow two rives. That's because Toysa Sashita is Suffolk Dairaisa Lechumra Midairaisa. So Toysa Sashita say, who holds Suffolk Dairaisa Lechumra Midairaisa, would say, then if it's a Suffolk on top of that, it's a Suffolk Dairaisa. But we, Svardim, says Rabbi, and he was positive for a Svardic woman, we Svardim go like the Rambam, and by the way, many, she does, uh, the Rif agrees to the Rambam, and many Achroinim agree to the Shita of the Rambam. We who hold like the Rambam, we say Suffolk, uh, the Rabbi Yaakov Emdin, Rabbi Yonason Ibishitz, the Pnei Yeshua, their maskim, that Suffolk Darez Lechumra Midra Banan, Suffolk Darez Lechumra Midra Banan, then, if you have another suffix, it's mutter. Toysis is l'shitase, that's how you derise the chumrah, midairaisa. Okay. Here's another factor, says Ravadya. So this is what Asi mentioned before, that, and this plays into the Leklug. In the olden days, only a few people were famous. So if they would have died, we'd have heard about them. Nowadays, says the Truma Sadesh, and with modern technology of, you know, Morse code and uh, etc. Then anybody who dies, we're going to find out about them. <laughs> and by the way, Ravadi quotes Sam Soifer in his time already after the uh, what was it the uh, industrial revolution and many advances of technology, probably even before the telephone. Uh, the Sam uh, Soifer says in our times when we have tremendous technology like telegraph and mail. It's amazing, I get letters from Turkey within a few days, so if, if somebody has survived and they're on the other end of the world, we're going to find out about them. By the way, and Rav Moshe says, so you can imagine, in uh, 2000 and... Uh, and uh, what year are we in? 2017. Now, Rav Moshe didn't say 2017. Um, but Rav Moshe says, in our times, where the advances of technology are so powerful... Says Rav Moshe, it could be that if somebody is alive and we don't know about it, it's not a roiv that they're dead, it's 100% that they're dead. It's not even a roiv, Rav Moshe says. So that's another factor that um, Rav Avadya throws into the equation. I, now, now here's where it gets fun. Okay, I want to share with you a historical episode. And Rav Avadya says, but the truth is that not every heteraguna has a happy ending. The mother of the Chacham Tzvi was given a heter. And after she was given a heter, her husband walked in on her. In fact, according to some versions, the husband walked in on the Chasana. 
And I'm going to tell you the story. Let me tell you the story. This is Maisa Pella. And I, I want to thank my friend Moshe Morgenstern. Last night I had his chasana. But so um, he sent me uh, an excerpt of the Sefer Chemda Genuza, which I happened to get a hold of like two weeks ago. And so he sent me a really fantastic story. This is the... There are two versions of the story. There's one version, version in the, the Sanzer dynasty. And this version is much juicier and much more interesting, and much better. I don't know if it ever happened, but it's a great story. Then you have Rabbi Yaakov Emden's story, uh, version of the story. They're not that different. Uh, here's the story. Here's the, the Sanzer version. The Chacham was always very machmir on Agunais. And the reason is because he was born from an Aguna that was given a un-halachic, a, a heter, which is Shalaika Halacha, and it was given by the Rebbe Reb Heschel. The Rebbe Reb Heschel was one of the all-time greatest Rabbanim in Krakow. We're talking about an early Achrein. The Rebbe Reb Heschel. The author of Hanukkah Satoira. Here's the story. Stories like this. Rabbi Yaakov Emden. Who's his father? Rabbi Yaakov Emden signs his name Yavitz. Yaakov Emden. His father is Rabbi Ashkenazi. Tzvi Ashkenazi's father was Rabbi Yaakovol. Rabbi Yaakovol was, or Rabbi Yaakola, was the son-in-law of the Shari Ephraim. So one day, Rabbi Yaakola marries the daughter of the Shari Ephraim. And by the way, you could imagine at Rabbi Yaakola's uh, uh, vart, Rabbi Yaakola said, beautiful Torah. And then by the Tanam, he said, beautiful Torah. And then by the Chassan's Tish, he said, he knocked their socks off, you know. He said, incredible Torah. And Rabbi Yaakola used to learn every day in the base Medrash with a guy, Ramoshala. And Ramoshala was the uh, son in law, fully son in law of a very wealthy, prestigious uh, guy in the city. And they're learning uh, Yom and Valayla, Rabbi Yakala, the grandfather of, of, of Yaakov Emden, together with Ramoshala. Now, in the good old days, you had these marauding uh, bandits, and they basically came in and they picked up these two big Tamichacham, they picked them up by the lapel, and they said, We're taking you hostage. And they took them hostage. And the way it would work is they would bring them out into the Midbar, into the desert, and they would sell them to nomads. Now, the nomads all wore the same clothing. Let's say they wore this black cape with a hood over it. And this way, nomads would always know, I'm a nomad, you're a nomad. And their ca- whoever they caught, their Masharsim, who were always uh, hostages that they purchased, they were makbid that the hostages continued to wear whatever clothing they used to wear this way, if they would ever escape, the nomads would know, we're nomads and you're our servants, and if you escape, we kill you. Fine. Then, the, their servants, the main job of the servant, of these nomads, Maisa Shahaya, telling you, this is the main job of the servants, this is the Sanzer story, so don't laugh. The main job of the, uh, the main job of these servants was, they were shepherds. Now, there were no wolves and no wild animals in this desert. It's well known. There was not one wild animal in the desert. So, therefore, if the shepherd would not bring back a sheep and he would come back to the nomad, the nomad would kill them. Okay. Now, Ramoshal was taken as a servant of one nomad. We'll call the nomad, you know, the, uh, I don't know, nomad number one. And then nomad number two <laughs> took Ramoshal and they didn't know about each other's whereabouts. And one day, Ramoshala is shepherding, and Rabbi Yakala is shepherding, and they bump into each other, and they embrace, oh, Baruch Hashem, we're both alive. 
and they said, it's terrible here, we can't wear talis, we can't wear tefillin, we don't know when Shabbos is. Let's, you know, we have a few minutes together, let's write a calendar, and at least we'll know when Yom Kippur is, and when, uh, when, um, all the Yom Tavimara. So they, they took out a chveis, a rock, and they started making their calendar, and in the meantime, some of the sheep got lost, they were not able to retrieve the sheep. Rabbi Yakula was not able to retrieve the sheep. Rabbi Yakula knew that he's a dead man. He comes back to the master, and the master said, you, you know, how dare you, I, I hire you to, to shepherd the sheep. And there was another nomad who wanted to have Rachmanus on Rabbi Yakula. He said, no, he's such a good-looking guy, you're going to kill him, he's such a faithful shepherd. He said, yeah, I'm going to kill him. And another nomad then, now, one second, backtrack. When Rabbi Akala found out that the sheep were missing, he told Rabbi Moshele, look, they're going to kill me and I'm going to die. I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. After they kill me, come back and bury me. Do me the, the favor. I want to have Kura Sisra. So uh, they're about to kill Rabbi Akala when nomad, another nomad came along, killed the nomad. And now Rabbi Yaakov is free. The problem is, if he runs around wearing, you know, Rabbanu Shagarb, they're going to kill him. He's, you know, because they, they would know who's a nomad and who's a, a servant. He then removes his Rabbanu Shagarb. He puts the stramel on the uh, nomad. He's now wearing the black cape, and he runs for his life. And wherever he goes, he sees other nomads, and they give him, you know, the nomad, you know, hello, they, 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 they signal, and he runs for his life to uh, some, some place. Meanwhile, Rav Moshe awaits the amount of time that he figures he must have killed Rabbi Akala. He comes back. And he says, Nebuch Rabbi Akala. It's Rabbi Akala Stramo and Rabbi Akala's Bekesha and Rabbi Akala's Gartel and even the watch that you put in the pocket over there. Everything was mamish like Rabbi Akala. He had everything. And he said, Nebuch, he picks Rabbi Akala up. It wasn't Rabbi Akala, it was some bum dressed up like Rabbi Akala. And he carries him to Kluras Yisrael and he says, Bimoichomi, I can't be matar you in the mikvah before I bury you. And he buries him in the ground. Just then a graph comes back, a, a, a count comes riding by. He says, Moshele, Moshele, I can't believe this is you. You were sold over here. Get aboard. And Moshele gets aboard the wagon and he thinks to himself, Rabbi Yakala and Shamayim is being melets for him to try to escape, to save him in the zchus that he just buried uh, Rabbi Yakala. He gets out he comes back to the Shver, the Shara Ephraim. He said, I just want you to know, I have uh, good news. You probably haven't known where we've been for last year. I saw that Rav Yakala was killed. So they take it to the Rav, who was the Rebbe of Heschel. The Rebbe of Heschel gave a heter for, for uh, Ashes Rav Yakala to remarry. Ashes Rav Yakala finds a beautiful chasen. Meanwhile, the real Rav Yakala He's making his way back, and he says, I need a ride to Vilna, I'm going to come to my wife. So the guy says, what's in Vilna? I can't even talk about it. No problem, I'm going there tomorrow. There's a big chasana tomorrow. Who's getting married? Who's getting married? The Shah Ephraim's daughter is getting married. It's going to be the biggest wedding ever. Even though it's the second wedding, it's going to be a very big wedding. He said, get me there. Now, the minog in Europe was that they would make before the chasana in a tish for the aniyam. So Rabbi Akala comes, he looks like, he hasn't, you know, washed or cared for himself in a very long time. He looks like an Ani Ve'avion. He sits down by the Ani Tish, and the Shah Ephraim comes and starts giving him some uh, sponge cake and some cheap, cheap alcohol. And, um, and he said, no, 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 because the bigger a Tamil Chacham you were, the better meal you got. 
So fine, he gives him those, you know, with the, the sweet and sour chicken from the chassan's tish over there. And a little lo mein, you know. Not from the shmores, from the chassan's tish. And he gives it to him. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, what, you're a big tamachacham? So he gives him a little bit better food. Gives him a little bit better food. He said, no, you don't understand. So the shafram said, what, well, you're a gadol hadar? Yeah, I'm a gadol hadar, he says. He says, so new zageber, say over some taira. So he starts saying over Torah, the Torah that he said at his Kabbalah's Panim when he married the Shafraim's daughter like a year ago. And now the Shafraim says that he remembered when his son-in-law said over the Torah, it became like world news. Nobody ever heard such amazing Torah. So probably the guy heard and is saying it over. It didn't dawn on him, this is the son-in-law. And then he said over his Afraf Torah and his Tanoim Torah. And the Shafraim takes off his glasses. He... And at the Chasana, or at least as the story goes, he then... Re... He then, he has a, a whole wedding set up for a woman he doesn't have to marry. And from that union came the Chacham Tzvi and Rabbi Yaakov Emden. So says Rabbi Vadya, you know, the Haterim. And from then on, the Rebbe of Heschel was never Matar and Aguna again. Despite the fact that he was dealing in terrible times. There were thousands of women who were Agunas and needed Haterim. The Rebbe of Heschel could not bring himself to be Marahetar because uh, he made a mistake. Now, Rabbi Yaakov Emden actually has a different version. In, in, in certain ways, the, the um, details are, very, are, are even more juicy, in that none of the business that he said over the Torah at the Chassan's Tish and the sweet and sour chicken and the Lomain, that's not in it. But what is in it is that there were Edim, as the nomad was about to kill Rabbi Yaakov, at the last moment, instead of taking the sharp edge, he flipped around the sword and hit him in the blunt edge. And Rabbi Yaakov fell down in a pile of bodies. And there were Edim there. And two Edim went to testify that they saw that he was killed. And the Rebbe of Heshel gave a heter. I mean, it wasn't even an aguna. It was mamish to Edim. And from then on, the Rebbe of Heshel would not be mater ishes ish, could be even with Edas. But be it as it may, says Rabbi Vadya, you know, you have to be very careful. But says Rabbi Vadya, a story is a story. But did you ever hear that any of the Achroinim said, oh, we don't, we're not Soymechan Turoibs anymore, or we're not Soymechan Haterim anymore. No, the Rebbe of Heschel, he had a personal uh, incident that he, that he was uh, saved, Baruch Hashem, at the last moment, and therefore he stayed away. But we don't find that any Achroinim say, oh, from now on, we're not Matir Agunas. What, everybody has to suffer? That's the way the world works. People make mistakes, but it doesn't change the halacha. And halacha, Lamaisa Ravadya says, you could be Soymech on to Ravs la halacha. Bottom line is, um, we'll uh, make a long story short. It says Ravadya, look at number 22. L'chayra, this is two rives, the terrible fire, plus the terrible collision and collapse of the building. Or he says, if you want to call it, it's a svek sveka. One suffix is probably the guy died in the fire, and even if he didn't die in the fire, they probably died in the collapse of the building. And says Rabbi Vadya, the psak of Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz, hopefully Bezos Hashem will be by the kever in the summer. The psak of Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz is that we are mater in Aguna, one problem though who says the guy was in the building maybe the guy was in the bowling alley maybe he didn't go to work that day maybe he never went to work so Ravadya then paskins the halacha 
based on the Shalsa Tshuva Sharidea, that you're allowed to be Saimech on what's called Tzvius Eina Dekala. You're allowed to be Saimech on voice recognition of a telephone for a number of areas in Halacha. Number one, let's say you can't get a hold of the guy. You can't bring the guy down to Bezin. The guy calls up, says, I want you to give my wife a get. Who, who says it's Ruvain? Maybe it's uh, Ruvain's imposter. Maybe it's, who says it's Levi? Maybe it's Levi's imposter. Maybe it's uh, somebody else. The answer is, if, if you need to get a get at a guy, and otherwise the woman is stuck, you could be Samech on voice recognition of a telephone. I, yeah, but you, there's all kind of technology, people can mimic the voice. As long as there's no um, stira to the indication, we pass and you could be Samech on voice recognition, and as well as for Aguna, if we have voice recognition that the husband was in the building, Nebuch, and and we need to use that to be mater, this woman, to remarry. Ravadya says, you could be saimich on this. And this is the final sacrament of Ravadya, that she, he allowed this woman, Dalfin um, Sa'ada, to remarry, Dalfin Sa'ada to remarry, based on the two robes of the fire and the collapse of the building. And despite the fact that there is this story of uh, the ancestors of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, nevertheless, you know, the Chachamim are authorized to give their best judgment, and if they feel that it's, it's not likely, I don't mean uh, unlikely, but it's highly improbable, it's impossible, cannot impossible, that the husband's alive, they could be samich on two rives or two sveikos, even though they're not simultaneous, in order to matter the woman. And uh, this is the sugya of Mayim Shein Lahem Soif, and the sugya of Aguna. So we should all be zoicha, only to have a source toy voice, and never need to come on to these halachos, and it should always, uh, it should only be lahalacha v'loy l'maysa. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.